where's the best place to buy tires? Where's the best repair shop for my hybrid? Questions about your car? Drive into Dobbs. With more than 40 locations, our team of technicians will get the job done right the first time. For deals you can use, click on gotodobbs.com now. For over two decades, E&B Granite has been St. Louis's trusted name for kitchen, bathroom, and outdoor space renovations that are guaranteed to bring new life into your living spaces. Their skilled team will provide you with personalized customer service, fast turnaround times, and prices you won't find with big box stores. Support local and schedule free consultation at enbgranite.com or call them at 314-645-9300 or better yet, stop by the showroom and explore their massive inventory. Again, that's enbgranite.com. Welcome back to Balloon Party, the only show in St. Louis with the nerve to criticize <laughs> Paul Goldschmidt for being an MVP in 2022 and hitting 500 through the first four games of the season. Not good enough. Thank you. Someone's got someone's to say it. And Jackson's the person to say it. Uh, it is Balloon Party, driven by Munganess, St. Louis, Acura, and Alton Toyota. You're welcome to get involved. And uh, text in 314-399-9646. Air Comfort Service text line. It is our pleasure to welcome to the program for the Tuesday tradition here during the Blues season. He'll be on the call, the Blues and Flyers. Pre-game, 6 p.m. here on 101 ESPN. Ladies and gentlemen, the great Chris Kerber. Good morning, Kerbs. Tim, good morning. This is really the only reason I get up on a Tuesday. Oh, my gosh. Oh, nice. <laughs> oh, my gosh. How about that, Jackson? That's now you got to feel better after that first segment. I feel great all the time. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> uh, Curbs, uh, looking forward to uh, talking it over here on the uh, the Blues campaign. I got this one, and I, I'm curious what your perspective is on it. I know what I'm thinking, but maybe you have, maybe you have a different answer. In the early 2000s, the Blues had Pronger, McInnes, and Kachuk as the visible members of the team. In the post-lockout era, it was the kids. Oshie, Berglund, Perron, and then the Hitchcock era. You had Bacchus and Steen. They were probably the faces of the franchise. And then in the Cup era, we saw Petrangelo, O'Reilly, and Tarasenko. Who is the face of the Blues era right now, or maybe better, who will be? And do we expect Robert Thomas to assert himself? Or maybe it'll be somebody that Blues pick up this summer? What do you think at this moment in time, sir? Yeah, I think at this moment, uh, and I, I think you've got to keep Steen in there on that cup era without a doubt. Yeah. Um, as one that bridged that gap. But I I think, you know, right now, in my opinion, it's it's pretty much it's it's Thomas, Cairo. Actually, you know what? No, I think i got to go Shen. I, I think right now for me, Thomas, Shen, and Bennington would be kind of the, the triumvirate. If we're going to – let's keep it consistent – as uh, your question had, and, and since you had groups of threes there, I'll, yep. I'll say if I took a group group of three, I'd say Thomas, uh, Shen, and Bennington Are you feeling... is the group to lead you the next way. Yeah, I, 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 and with regards to that, I think that kind of speaks to some of the, the constant that was with, with those groups of three before. Each one had at least one person that you would put into the leadership category. And uh, Shen certainly in that category. Do you feel a little bit better about where things could be in 2023, 2024, based on the last couple of weeks? I realized it, you know, bumping the road here on on Saturday, but an impressive performance against the best team in the league on Sunday before losing in a shootout, and then some some offense the previous ten days or so. Um, how do you view that? I do actually, and uh, I think for a couple of reasons. I think the acquisitions of Verana and Kapanen 
Over the long campaign, we're probably going to see some of the holes in their game that despite both being very solid and high first-round draft picks uh, of their respective teams, Kapanen originally of Toronto and Verona of Washington, I I think over the course of a full 82-game season, you're probably going to see some of the flaws in their game that led them to be traded from not just one team but two teams. Right, yeah. each one is now on their third team, uh, but both guys are going into a contract year with a lot to prove, and we can see what they do this year with a chip on the shoulders. But you'll, you'll you'll see you're even seeing some of of that now a little bit. So, but but those are two NHL players. You're not trying to fill that with unknown guys that are unproven in the NHL. You're, you're filling that with players that you know have some pretty good skills. So so there's two holes there that are filled. The, the other thing for me is and. I still don't know, and I'm not sure anybody on this team knows based on the questions I've asked, to be honest with you, just really what happened and what's gone wrong with this team defensively, whether it be the group of defensemen where things just didn't gel or whether it be how the forwards really are not, you know, doing their part as well, either in the offensive zone so you're not defending in your own zone as much or, you know, turnovers or even just getting back to defend properly in their own zone. So I have to think that, having gone through a whole season and knowing that you've got the kind of defenseman that you have in Letty, Falk, Pareko, and, and Krug, I, I really do have to think that there's a systemic thing that the coaching staff is going to be working on that's going to change that. And they'll be looking how some other teams have done things, you know, that, 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 that'll go in. And if the team starts well, I think what they're proving down the stretch is, you know, They've been in some games against some pretty good teams, and maybe you're losing them by two goals with an empty net goal, or maybe right. you're getting overtime and it's a shootout. But you know they've they've proven at times to be competitive still, and and so what encourages me about next year is 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 how competitive. Like I'm not so sure unless something really changes that you're looking at back to back seasons where this team would be drafting in the top ten. I'm just not so sure about that. I think. I'm not. I don't know that they make the playoffs next year, but there's. I mean, there's. It's still Thomas, Kairu, Butchnevich, Shen, Saad. The, uh, you know the the defensive core, the goaltending. Mm-hmm. I just the, the, this cupboard is embarrassed. I said that a lot. So how does that translate to? Can you compete with other wild card teams? We'll have to see. But yeah, I don't. I I think. I think you got to be a little encouraged with what you're seeing here down the stretch. Chris Kerber, our guest, joins us every Tuesday here during the Blues season on 101 ESPN. This is Balloon Party, driven by Munganas, St. Louis Acura, and Alton Toyota. I always like talking uh, media with you, and one of the things that stood out to me uh, a couple months ago, and, it, and, it, and honestly, it surprised me, uh, now, this is more television than than radio-centric, but you certainly have a perspective on it, uh, is the NHL and the new media deals with TNT and ESPN, and they'll run through 2028. The early returns on the ratings are mixed, and we're likely at the forefront of a rapidly shifting sports media landscape. Uh, what is your impression about how the league feels about their current deal and the timing of it? And then also, what do you think the next NHL media deal would look like down the road? Is Certainly baseball situation with both blackouts, the regionals, uh, sports networks having their problems and filing for bankruptcy. That has gotten a lot of attention. 
The NHL is now on ESPN. They have a lively show on TNT, um, but the ratings have been mixed on it. So what is your interpretation of it, and what would you like to see, Curbs? Yeah, this is a uh, – okay, this is a, this is a crockpot of stuff here. Nice. Right? I like a good crockpot. Let's go. Know, yeah, just this is just dumping it all into a pot and cooking it and seeing where it comes out and if you like it later. Um, the So a couple of fronts here. I, I think you have to separate the regional situation versus the national situation, okay? Because the regional situation is just that it's regional and it's not impacting every single team in the league per se yet. It's impacting teams that have the games broadcasted on Valley and with AT&T. If you've got, if you're NBC Sports like the Washington Capitals, if you're Nets and like the Boston Bruins, um, you're NBC Sports like you are in Chicago. Uh, you know, uh, th- there are those situations where, uh, you know, your altitude, although they've had their own distribution issues in, in Colorado. But those are regional and those are going to kind of have to be started out, but it may require an, an overall league strategy to do that. But without a doubt, many of those teams that are impacted could see some revenue drops because those rights deals could look very different or I frankly be non-existent. That, that is yet to re- be, remains. That remains to be seen. I mean, we saw today where like teams like the Cardinals on the baseball side, they, they were paid by Valley, but uh, I believe the twins uh, were not one other baseball team. So yeah, I think I, the I'll Diamondbacks the yeah. and the Guardians. Yeah. The Guardians and the Diamondbacks. And so, okay. So that's the regional, the national side that you're talking about, there's a big one that's coming up before the, the U.S.-based one, and that's the, Can- uh, the Canadian-based one. Now, I don't know exactly. I don't remember when that deal is exactly done. But Rogers Sportsnet stepped up in a big way and paid a massive amount of money to get the rights from TSN, and they wanted exclusive rights. Well, within a couple of years of that deal going, they realized, man, we're losing some money on this thing. So even in Canada, they realized, man, we overpaid a little bit and then you see some staff cuts you see some different things and the production is still good the content is still excellent you know up there with rogers in canada but i have to think that somehow some way much like the nhl has espn and tnt that the canadian market is going to be better served with a deal that has both tsn and rogers Sportsnet carrying nhl games up there i just i just to me i think it makes all the sense in the world so we'll see how that plays out but will that be at the same level of what Rogers paid? Probably not. Can you get to the same number of what Rogers paid by having two different partners in in uh, in, in out there in Canada? You might be able to, and that's where that leads you to the United States situation. You went through so long and having the different networks, and then, and I really do think in the end, NBC Sports Network did a great job. But depending on who your carrier was. You may not have had that in the original tier. Like, yeah. to get the NHL, yeah. like, to get NHL network right now, you still have to almost get, like, by, like, the third highest sports tier on all the carriers, right? If the carriers even carry it, right? But MLB network and NFL network are pretty much just included in anything, right? So that's that's one step. The, the other part of it for me, though, is, is going to be I, I, I'm not overly concerned with the ratings aspect of it now because – it's not all that different from what NHL ratings have been done before. What, what TNT is trying to do, which is, and that's, to me, the best-running sports show for a long time in the United States has been inside the NBA and how they've done that mm-hmm. on, on TNT. You don't even have to be an NBA fan to be entertained by it. 
Uh, and and I think they're trying to figure that out with the NHL, and I think it's fantastic. So I like the set. I like what they've done. I like that they, they've had Gretzky on it for the first two years. There's that aspect of it. I think ESPN has waded into the waters with a little bit of their old-school approach, and I don't know that it works. You know, you've got, you've got a lot of the old guard that, that obviously love hockey at ESPN and things, but I just think sometimes – the coverage isn't as up-to-date as it could be, and I think that they're going to learn from that and grow up from there, too. So I, I, I think these deals are very early on. I like the deals for the National Hockey League. I think the, the, the dollar amounts are good, Tim, and it's just going to take some time. But it's going to be on the league to continue to market. This game continues to grow. This game ticket-wise across the league, tickets are selling well. It's still a ticket-driven league. Uh, individually in markets, it's still – extremely strong on, on most places. Uh, but, you know, when you consider that really it was only 56 years ago that the, the league expanded from 12 to six teams, you know, and they didn't even hit 30 teams until, what, 20 years ago. You're, you're, there are some markets that this thing is still young. And if you're, I, I'm not sure that you can compare it to National Major League Baseball. I'm not sure you can compare it to the NFL. I just don't know that that's, a fair comparison ever in this case. So I don't look at it like that, but uh, I think on its own, the fact that they've continued to increase their rights fees, they continue to have increased interest. I, I think bodes well for the league, if that makes sense. And people can scoop that out of the crock pot, I guess, however they'd like. Yeah. I like a good crock pot. And I like the conversation as well. Yeah. It's, it's certainly a focal point in 2023. At this point, there is an expectation that if you want to watch a game, you should be able to just hop on your phone, especially if you're younger, and be able to watch it. And certainly that is something that baseball has gotten a lot of attention for, in part because of the blackouts, in part because of the RSNs. Uh, but, yeah, I agree with you. I'm a big fan of what well, TNT let me throw this, uh, uh, Yeah, go, please. Please do. Yeah, so, sorry to interrupt on that. So that topic you're talking about, clearly, as you, as you stated, that's not an, just an NHL topic. That's a Major League Baseball topic. That's an everybody topic. And the league that you've got to watch for on this that is in some ways changing the game is MLS. Because I was going to ask you about MLS 90, and what you thought of that. I like that you're bringing this up. All right, yeah. so what do you think? Well, because now the MLS deal, it's 99 bucks a year to have Apple. I think people are getting it for free on T-Mobile. That's correct. Right? And um, it's, it's 99 bucks a year. Uh, and I can watch any MLS game live or on demand anytime, anywhere. Okay, so we're out in Anaheim last weekend, and I've got the City SC game up on my computer for the first half of the game before our game started. To be honest with you, they had the City SC game up on our computer until their game ended. During our <laughs> TV timeouts, we were going back and watching some goals, Joe and I were. All right, so, so that makes it easy. Now, fast forward a week later. I'm in Chicago. We've got, you know, a game that night in Chicago. I decided I ended up going to Wrigley Field. I saw opening day at Wrigley Field. I'm like, that was cool just to, to see that. Um, but, but I'm sitting there going, I can't watch the Cardinal game. Now, I've got the Bally app, and I've got Bally's, uh, you know, sports at home. I just hadn't set it up to watch out-of-town games yet. So I'm sure had I done that from St. Louis, I, I probably could have. But it shouldn't be as difficult as that is, right? I should be able to, even if you got to pay a one-time fee, I should just be able to say, hey, I'm in my hotel room. I want to watch the Cardinals opening ceremonies, and I want to watch the Cardinal game. And I couldn't do it, right? That 
That's a fundamental problem in today's world. And I really believe what's happened is these leagues, they decided we're going to give the terrestrial rights to, you know, to Bally's, to the different networks, okay? And we're holding back on the digital rights. I don't know that the leagues anticipated all the fast cost cutting, but yeah, the, the, cutting, the yeah. terrestrial rights holders have been constantly working on a model that is exponentially getting outdated and almost been ignoring the impact of that, okay? But then the leagues are like, wait a minute, we can't give up the digital rights because that's a whole other revenue stream. No, it's not a whole other revenue stream. It truly isn't. It's a fractured part of your current revenue stream. So all those people that used to just have be able to tune in because they had cable or satellite are now streaming, right? That's being considered digital. Well, it, it, it's Robin Peter to pay Paul here a little bit. I don't know. And then, and then now here's, the other, here's another big aspect of this. Sorry, it's a little long window. Here's another thing to keep, keep in mind. Because of the efficiencies of how production can be done, most teams now have grown their own content departments. You've seen what the Blues have done on all their digital and social, and, they, and they've been great with it over the last, you know, seven or eight years, okay? They're trying to figure out that they can now do what they had to rely on others. They had to rely on rights holders. They had to rely on TV stations to do, right? There was a time where the only way we were going to get a news story out was we had to call you up to Channel 4 and say, hey, we got this idea. Come over here and shoot this. (laughs) And then you're hoping people will watch it, right? (laughs) Now it's do it ourselves. But what's happening is these teams have all this content, and they're like, okay, we got to figure out how to monetize it, but then we've got to figure out if there are ways to distribute it. So right now, these regional sports networks, the league and teams, are trying to figure out how do we also take what these teams are now doing because they could do it on their own and reach more people with it. So it, it's a really a brand new age. And in some ways, even though the revenue might be less at first because of what's going on with this regional stuff, we may come out with a new dawn that is actually much better for fans on either you can watch the games everywhere, no blackout restrictions, and then much more interesting and engaging content that reaches far more people than anyone can reach now. And that's my hope coming out on the back end of this. I, I With what you're talking about, the ability to access games and the content, that behind-the-scenes caliber content, that is outstanding, and I think it truly is what's going to wind up happening within the next five years and probably much quicker than that. The question will be is for those who felt like they weren't paying, even though they were paying when they were paying their cable bill or their satellite bill, and now they're going to have to pay, in a sense, almost itemized, like for me, when I decided to get the MLS package, that I was comfortable doing it, but I know plenty of people who wouldn't be comfortable doing that put a poll out on Twitter, had a few thousand respondents that would not want to pay for whether it be Cardinal games or Blues games if they were one-off packages and that is i think it's something that newspapers ran into they gave the content away perceptually for free initially when online came around in the mid-1990s and now that they're asking to be understandably paid for it people are going i'm not paying for it i was getting it for free and so the business model was kind of chicken and egg and topsy-turvy and i wonder what the reaction will be if that time comes that both the blues and cardinals and major league baseball and nhl are following that mls model well, I, so the two sides of it, and you with, with your TMA properties, you, you, you've, you've been in the digital space now for quite a long time. So you have, you have a real good understanding of what is one of the real basic challenges of the digital space. One, 
it's not as easily accessible, for example, as if you're driving down the road and you're just listening to the radio, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So, so you've got to continue to educate people where to find me, how to find me, that kind of thing. You have found a way to go pretty much pure digital and, and make it work within a certain business model. But what's one of the digital challenges that before? Before with TV ratings and stuff, these numbers are general and there's just an accepted rule, an accepted way, right, of this is how we're going to judge ratings. Well, as soon as they came out with PPMs, they realized, okay, these numbers are a lot smaller than what we thought or on the radio side. Then, then then you get into the digital world, and it's a lot easier now to actually count almost exact numbers, isn't it? Because you can, you can look at unique users over the course of a month. You can, look at, you, you can get real good specific data. How long are they watching? How long are they listening? Well, when those numbers come into play, then and, and advertisers and the people that want to spend money as sponsors to make all this stuff work, they're looking at it. They're saying, ah, this may not be as much as we need. So this is where the value is. And, and that's also part of this Armageddon that, that I think is teams and leagues and, and consumers get into the digital world. It's what is the value? Now, you're going to have all your diehards that are going to say, I'm paying it because I want to be able to watch it, right? But, yes, you will have some level of attrition, you know, whether it be because of age, because of income, because of what, that they're just going to say, I can't afford it or it's just not worth it. And here's the problem, and this is real. Like, I, I had Dish Network. And when Dish Network got in their second fight with Bally, I said, Gee, I'm not, I'm not. And then I, so I switched over at one point to Hulu. And then they got in a fight with Hulu. I'm like, oh, and everyone's pointing fingers. Go to them. Go to them. It's their fault. It's their fault. I'm like, yeah, and the consumer's getting screwed. Well, I said, hell with it. And I just kept Dish Network because I liked, the, I, I liked the, 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 the equipment, the DVR, the service, all that other stuff. So we went without Bally's in my house for about two and a half years. Now, I brought it back last year for baseball when I ended up, uh, I ended up going with Spectrum in this uh, Pick 15 package they have. But then, then I, I got off of Dish Network. Well, for two years, we didn't have Cardinal Baseball. I mean, you know me, I'm a huge Cardinal fan, right? Mm-hmm. Huge Cardinal fan. We didn't have Cardinal Baseball on in our house unless it was a national game for the better part of two years. You don't think that kind of impacted, say, you know, my kids. Like, now it's on. The game will be on in the background or whatever while things are going on. And for, for two years, that was not part of what we watched in our house on a regular basis. And that's impactful. So this is where also leagues are going to have to make sure and teams are going to have to make sure that the games are easily accessible because it's pretty you, – you could learn to live without it if, if you're not careful. That's exactly right. That is, that's kind of the cliffhanger of the byproduct of a lot of what took place in 2020 with the pandemic. People learned they could live without it. Not everybody, but some could. Curbs, uh, I enjoyed the conversation. I can get into this macro-digital uh, television thing in a big way, and we, uh, we certainly did. Thank you so much for the time, sir. Always enjoy the conversation, and uh, have a good call tonight. Blues and Flyers here on 101 ESPN. Thanks, Curbs. All right, Tim. Have an awesome day. Thanks. You too. That's Chris Kerber with us here. We need to break. This is Balloon Party on 101 ESPN.